Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's episode, we are going to be previewing all of our, our, all of our upcoming action in week 12 of the 2022 college football season. Guys, we had an amazing week last week. We saw a ton of upsets. Illinois getting upset at home against Purdue. TCU remaining undefeated with a huge win down there in Austin, Texas. Alabama sneaking out one against Ole Miss. But obviously, we have yet another great week of football. And before we do get into all of the matchups that we do have here in Week 12, I do want to first ask you all to please make sure that you like, comment, share, rate, do whatever you can just to make sure we continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast to everybody, whether that is your grandma, your brother, cousin, sister, you know, significant other, whoever, make sure you let them know about the Cover 7 podcast because, man, we do not want anybody to miss out and make sure they always stay up to date with anything college football and NFL related. So, Anyway, guys, thank y'all so much for all the support that y'all have shown on previous episodes. Thank y'all for all the growth that we've we've already gotten in this year. I mean, seriously, it's been a blessing to be able to continue to make these episodes for y'all. But anyways, y'all, like I always say here on the Cover 7 Podcast, I do not want to waste y'all's time or mine included. So let's get right into today's episode and to kick it all off as we have Maction Week 3 here and Week 12 to kick it all off on Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPNU. We have the Bowling Green Falcons taking on the Toledo Rockets at the Glass Bowl up in Toledo. I'm, I'm going to go with Toledo because, man, I love this team. And, and you know, seeing them come back last week against Ball State, despite having a lot of offensive struggles to begin the game, they came back absolutely perfect and were able to get that win over Ball State. And, you know, they've had two close games against Eastern Michigan and Ball State, like I just mentioned. But I think Toledo, they're back at home at the Glass Bowl. They're going up against Bowling Green, who's an okay, okay team. They're still looking to be able to make a bowl game. So I'm just going to go with Toledo. They're minus 15 in this game, and I definitely think they sh- – I don't think they'll cover, but I do think they will get the win. So definitely take the Toledo money line. If you are a better on Maxion, which I do not advise because these games are so unpredictable, but definitely go with Toledo in this game. And then, guys, for our final game that we do have to kick off Maction Week 3 and to kick off Week 12 at also 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2, we have the Ohio Bobcats, who I love offensively. That team is amazing. I mean, honestly, I think they're one of the more underrated teams in the group of five, taking on Ball State over in Indiana. So, Ball State, once again, tough loss on the road against Toledo last week. They're back at home. Ohio, who's been doing pretty good so far these past few weeks. Let me look at, I mean, I literally remember watching them. Yeah, they beat Miami of Ohio over there. Uh, also beat Buffalo, I mean, in pretty good fashion about two weeks ago. I mean, this Ohio team, I really think is going to have no struggles against Ball State, despite it being an away game. So give me the Ohio Bobcats over the Cardinals of Ball State to wrap up Tuesday and also day one of Maction Week 3. I mean, man, Maction is not disappointed this year. I mean, if you have not watched any of these games, you definitely need to watch them, seriously, because it's definitely worth a watch because there's not a lot of games that go on or even basketball. We don't have baseball anymore. There's hockey, which I do advise definitely watching some hockey because that's definitely one of the more entertaining sports in all of, I mean, just sports in general. So, anyway, don't want to keep rambling, so... But uh, guys, let's get over to Wednesday slate of games and the first game to kick us off on Wednesday and also day two of Maction week three at at oh, 5 p.m. I was trying to read that right at 5 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. We have the Eastern Michigan Eagles taking on the Kent State Golden Flashes. Now, I, did, I made the mistake last week 
of not picking Kent State, and they absolutely blew out. Let me look who their opponent was. It was I, I specifically remember. Oh yeah, Bowling Green. So. You know, I thought Bowling Green would have an easy win against Kent State, right? You know, going into that game, they only had three wins on the year. They were at three and six. I'm like, okay, should be an easy win. And then Kent State had an offensive just, I mean, party all over Bowling Green. So in this game, as much as I want to go Eastern Michigan, I think Kent State, you know, being at home, the offense is starting to roll and everything like that. I'm going to go Eastern Michigan. Call me crazy. I, I know, right? I mean, why would I want to pick Eastern Michigan after seeing what Kent State did last week? I honestly, no offense, I think it is a fluke game. Uh, you know, last week, Eastern Michigan, I know they barely won on the road against Akron, which is not good, but I do think Eastern Michigan, who sits at 6-4, and four, they still want to be able to prove a lot. You know, they're currently second in the MAC West, and they're going to want to be able to make the championship game. So I think this is going to be a must-win game for the Eagles. So give me Eastern Michigan over the flashes of Kent State. Now, Kent State may, might make me bite my own words. We'll see because this preview comes out on Wednesday night. So... This game will literally be going on as this interview comes out. Or not interview, this episode comes out. So we'll just have to wait and see for that. But, yeah, definitely give me the Eagles over the Golden Flashes. And then, guys, for our next game at 6 p.m., I'm guessing it's going to be on CBS Sports Network. We have the Miami of Ohio uh, Red Hawks taking on the Northern Illinois Huskies. Now, once again, Northern Illinois made me bite my words last week as they went and beat Western Michigan. So, uh, yeah, I think this one should pretty much be Northern Illinois' game to lose. I think they are a really, really decent team, especially offensively. Defense, they're okay. I mean, they showed up really good, really late against Western Michigan, especially when they absolutely terrorized Western Michigan's quarterback late in the game. So I'm going to go with Northern Illinois. They showed a lot of improvement last week against Western Michigan. And then for Miami, I, I just don't really think they're adequate of a team. You know, they're 4-6. and six. They need to win out. And I think, you know, going to DeKalb, Illinois at this time of year is not something you want to do. So give me the Northern Illinois Huskies over the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks. Now, guys, for our final game of Maction Week 3 – as we're going to go up to Michigan for the Battle of Michigan Group of Five style as we have the Western Michigan Broncos taking on the Central Michigan Chippewas. Now, oh man, as much as I, you know, reg you know, really regretted picking Western Michigan last week, I like Central Michigan in this game. Call me crazy, but their freshman quarterback, Burt Emanuel, who rushed for almost 300 yards last week against Buffalo, mind you. And also on top of that, if Lou Nichols, their star running back from last year, comes back in this game, I mean, I know and I know that Western Michigan is favored by 10, but they lost at home to Northern Illinois this week or last week. They're now going over to Mount Pleasant to take on Central Michigan at home, mind you. And I think with Burt Emanuel and the way he's able to run the football against this Western Michigan team, mind you, I, I just I really think Central Michigan, despite them being – oh, they are favored. I, 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 I don't know why I thought Western Michigan was favored. Central Michigan is favored. Okay, so – Give me the Chippewas over the Broncos of Western Michigan. I thought it had Western Michigan minus 10, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, if y'all ever want free money, that is the game to bet on. But, no, Central Michigan is favored by 10, and I think they definitely will be able to get that. So give me the Chippewas to beat the Broncos to wrap up Maction Week 3. Now, guys, now that we're done with Maction, you know, that's officially over with. Now let's get over to Thursday's game. As y'all all know, this is the best time of the year where we have football pretty much every dang day. So we always will have entertaining matchups. And this one, this matchup is going to be a pretty good offensive duel. As on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPNU, we have Tanner Mordecai and the SMU Mustangs taking on the 17th ranked Tulane Green Wave. Now the Mustangs these past two weeks 
have been absolutely dominating. They put up, I think, 70 points against Houston two weeks ago. They went over, they went over to UCF, got a major win that they needed. They're now bowl eligible, and now they're going down to New Orleans to take on a Tulane team who just got handed their second loss of the year against UCF. But overall, they were able to kind of contain UCF a little bit in the points category. Now, running the football, UCF did amazing. John Rice Plumlee had a field day. But now Tulane are going up against one of the better passing teams in all of the nation, which pains me to say as a TCU fan. But when this team is healthy and when they're clicking, this is not a team that you want to play. And right now, the SMU Mustangs are doing exactly that. I like Tanner Mordecai. I think he's still a good quarterback. He struggled a lot this year. You know, he got benched for one game. But now these come back. Him and Rasheed Rice have been absolutely connecting, not to mention also Kamara Wheaton, the former Alabama running back for the Mustangs now. He's been playing pretty solid, so I know I might sound crazy and I might end up regretting picking SMU in this game. It pains me to say that, but give me the SMU Mustangs. You know, the Tulane, they're vulnerable right now. They're coming off of a loss, which they have not been really acquainted to this year so far. And then for SMU, they're, on a, they're currently on a two-game winning streak. They're still wanting to be able to prove themselves as a worthy team in the American. So give me the Mustangs over the green wave on Thursday night football. I mean, that's going to be a really good game. I know that's probably one of the matchups I'm looking forward to the most just because Tulane, they're still wanting to prove that they're worthy of being, you know, a top 25 team. And then also on top of that, SMU, they're wanting to be able to show that, hey, we're still worthy to be in the uh, American Conference race. So anyways, y'all, now let's go over to Friday's slate of games. And we really don't have any big-time matchups on Friday night, which kind of stinks because I thought we'd at least have a Power 5 game, but we do not. But um, anyway, to talk about the matchups that we do have on Friday, the first game to kick it off, we're going to have an American Conference showdown between the South Florida Bulls and the Tulsa Golden Hurricane at 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2. So we do have a little bit of a late start, just you know, for all you guys out there, especially the East Coast guys, you know, you're definitely going to be having to stay up if you want to watch any of these games. But um, you know, in this matchup, I think Tulsa—they're not a bad team. I mean, they're really not. They've just never been. They haven't. I mean, obviously losing Joe Gillespie to TCU, their, their former defensive coordinator, was a huge toll, especially for their defense. You know, the offense struggled heavily these past few weeks. Quarterback play has definitely been an issue for Tulsa. And then on the flip side for USF. I mean, everything's been an issue for them. You know, they fired the head coach about a week ago. They just got absolutely plummeled by SMU at home, and now they're going on the road up to Oklahoma, in which it's been pretty cold and snowing up there so far this week, so something to kind of monitor as well. And I think Tulsa, they're really going to want to be able to win. I think this is their senior night as well. So give me the Tulsa Golden Hurricane over the South Florida Bulls on Friday night to kick us off. Now, guys, for our final game that we have, so we only have two games here on Friday, which kind of feels weird because we normally have three, you know, one being a power five, the other two being group of five games. But on the final game that we do have, we have a West Coast showdown as at 8.45 p.m. Central Time on FS1. We have the San Diego State Aztecs taking on the New Mexico Lobos. Now, I would be lying to you if I said I've really watched any of these two teams I mean, the only New Mexico team I've really watched is New Mexico State, but that's because former TCU assistant Jerry Kill is the head coach over there now, so that's really the only team I've watched over in the state of New Mexico. But I'm um, looking at records. New Mexico, they're 0-6 in the Mountain West. San Diego State, they're 4-2 in the Mountain West. They always have been a really consistent team. Uh, you know, They're also exploring potentially joining the Pac-12 as well, which I think would be huge for them brand-wise. And I know this has really nothing to do with the game, but still at the same time, I think San Diego State, they overall are just a way better team than New Mexico. So give me the Aztecs over the New Mexico Lobos to wrap up Friday Night Lights college football style. So anyway, guys, that'll wrap up 
all of our weekday games. Let me know which ones y'all are looking forward to. I think for me personally, I'm mostly looking forward to that SMU and Tulane game because that also has huge implications about who will be going to the American Athletic Conference Championship because Tulane gets a loss and then Cincinnati and those other schools, they get a win. That might knock Tulane out of potentially going to the AAC Championship. So a lot of implications are on that game Thursday night in New Orleans. So anyways, y'all, let's now get over to our main day of games. Obviously, Saturday, that's obviously the main day main day main day of games holy lord i cannot talk this morning <laughs> but anyway guys we don't have as many big time matchups as we've had the past few weeks you know it's one of those kind of you know it's second to last week of the year where things are starting to die down a little bit but next week as you all know is rivalry week right we'll have you know teams like well actually i take that back we do have a rivalry game this week we know we have the bedlam rivalry but next week we have a lot more rivalry games washington washington state you know we've got oregon oregon state just so many more great matchups auburn alabama i mean the list goes on and on for next week but we've got to focus on this week first and uh you know we actually do have a decent rivalry game in the state of texas which i know a lot of people may not know about because if you're not kind of from the dfw area you never really probably cared too much about it. But at 11 a.m. Central Time, um, I, which is going to be on Fox, it's going to be part of uh, Fox's big noon kickoff, which TCU now in the past two or past three weeks, they've already been two times on Fox's big noon kickoff. So just throwing that out there for everybody. But anyway, for the, for in this game, we have the fourth-ranked TCU Horn Frogs traveling down to Waco to take on the 6-4 and four Baylor Bears, who offensively, have been struggling, have not been able to find a quarterback. You know, they only they got contained only three points last week against Kansas State and 31-3 loss. TCU, they're coming off a, a really solid win down in Austin. Now, offensively, was not the best performance by the offensive line and Max Duggan, you know, Darius Davis and all those guys. But Quentin Johnston, his first game back from injury, looked pretty solid. Kendra Miller continued to do Kendra Miller things, running the football like crazy. I mean, I mean, he absolutely was a monster against that Texas defense. Um, and, you know, the defense as well for TCU, which I think needs, deserves a ton more credit. You know, Johnny Hodges, that linebacking core, even the defensive line with guys like Dylan Horton. And, you know, even secondary-wise, you got Josh Newton, the Louisiana Monroe transfer, who I've actually done an interview with. So if y'all want to go find that one, it's an absolutely amazing interview. Uh, you know, also safety-wise with Bud Clark and Nuke Bradford. They've been playing really solid these past few weeks. They've finally been stepping up. Um, now they're going down to Waco for a big-time rivalry game, which there's a lot of tension because last year, TCU, they pretty much knocked Baylor out of even potentially making the college football playoff with an upset win in Fort Worth. So there's still a lot of tension in this game. And um, <clears throat> I think personally for TCU, this is almost a trap game, and I feel that personally because I feel this is a game, and I think a lot of people will say this, TCU should be able to win. 100% should be able to win. The run game is amazing. We saw what Deuce Vaughn was able to do last week. Uh, will Howard was also able to, able to throw the football pretty darn well against Baylor's defense. But once again, TCU's got to have consistent O-line play in order to really stop that pass rush of Baylor. And, you know, Kendra Miller, if they get Kendra Miller going, they make the right play calling because play calling for UT and TCU was a huge problem in last week's game. I mean, we saw how bad uh, Texas' offense was, less than 200 total yards of offense on the day, which is the worst since the Big 12 era even started. So, yeah, not a great start for Texas, but for TCU, they finally were getting things going in the second half, and I think in this game they're going to want to make a huge statement, especially against a big-time rival like Baylor. So, Give me the TCU Horn Frogs over the Baylor Bears. And I know right now TCU, they're favored by three. 
in my opinion, knock on wood, I feel like it should probably be at least seven or maybe ten. Nothing against Baylor, but once again, this is all. This also is their senior night, which is, you can kind of take into accountability as well. Seniors are going to want to, you know, definitely win their final game at McLean Stadium. But in my opinion, personally, I think TCU, they're the overall better team in this game. The defense has been stepping up a lot better than it did the past few weeks. And offensively, they're going to want to make a lot of adjustments, and I think that's going to be the target, especially in practice this week for TCU. So give me the Horn Frogs over the Baylor Bears as TCU. They continue to try and make their case for the college football playoff. Now, guys, for our next game at 11 a.m. Central Time, or no, at 10 p.m. Central Time. Oh, my Lord, I, I, that's so weird seeing the 10. But anyway, at 10 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2, we have the Navy Midshipmen taking on Gus Malzahn and the, I know they went up in the rankings, the 17th ranked UCF Knights. Now remember, it's not the Golden Knights because UCF fans, they will complain at you if you say Golden Knights. They dropped that a while back, so everybody out there, make sure you are correct. It is the UCF Knights. The Knights. All right. Anyway, in this game, Navy, you know, they had a really, really, really good second half against Notre Dame. I'm not going to say good first half because Notre Dame put up, I think, about 35 points in the first half against Navy's defense, which is definitely concerning. And now that they're going up against an even better running team in UCF, who also has the ability to throw the football pretty darn well. Got a few transfer wide receivers, one from Auburn, who's been pretty good for them so far this year. So something to kind of watch. I personally think UCF, they're going to have no problem in this game. It's going to be down in the bounce house in Orlando. UCF, they're continuing to make the push to go for the AAC uh, championship game. You know, it's their final year in the AAC. They're going to the Big 12 next year. They're going to want to make a statement to all the Big 12 teams saying, hey, you know, watch out for the Knights next year because we're, we're building something special down in Orlando. So give me the UCF Knights over the Navy Midshipmen in this AAC matchup. Now, guys, for our next game at 11 a.m. Central Time on ABC up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, we have the now unranked Illinois Fighting Illini taking on the third-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Now, it's crazy to think Illinois has dropped their past two games, you know, to Michigan State and then to Purdue, then to Purdue last week. Despite Chase Brown pr doing pretty good, uh, I almost said Tanny. Tommy DeVito struggled a little bit overall. You know, offensively, haven't been able to get things going. Defense has kind of been really sustainable, too, especially the run game, which I didn't think Purdue was really good at, but they ran the football pretty darn well against uh, Illinois last week. And now they're going up against one of the best rushing teams in all of the nation with Heisman hopeful running back Blake Corm, who I absolutely love and I think definitely deserves to go up to New York. Um, I don't think there's really any questions about who will win this game. Illinois, they've already dropped two straight, and now they're going up to the big house and what's going to be an electric atmosphere as Michigan. They're continuing to make their push before next week. they got to go to Columbus and take on their arch rival, the Ohio State Buckeyes. So I think Michigan, they're going to want to make sure to make a statement in this game. So give me the Michigan Wolverines over the Illinois Fighting Illini in this Big 12 clash. So anywho, y'all, the next game that we have, and for the SEC, in case y'all don't know, they always have this, like, it's either second to last week, third to last week, where they always have these, and I don't mean to say cupcake teams, but, you know, they go and get an FCS team. They schedule them just so they have a guaranteed win to kind of boost their morale, so to speak. So, anyway, deal with me while we have to do a few of those games. And it's kind of the same way for the ACC as well this week. But at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN+, Plus, we have the Austin, Austin, I'm not, Austin Pay, P, however you want to say it, taking on the eighth-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, yeah, I, I, Alabama by a mile, so take the Crimson Tide. I mean, I absolutely would probably deposit everything you have on Alabama, money line-wise. Like, if you have 
10 bucks, you might be able to get $10.50 out of this game. But you get 50 cents, you get something positive. So, <laughs> But anyway, I'm definitely going to take Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide over Austin Pay. Now, anyway, the next game that we have at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN3, we're going to take a break from the SEC. We're going to go down to the ACC as we have the Louisiana Raging Cajuns taking on against the now, which Florida State just went up in the rankings, the 20th-ranked Florida State Seminoles. Florida State with a very dominant defensive game against Syracuse last week. And even, you know, Jordan Travis, their veteran quarterback, he played outstanding last week. I like the run game that Florida State has going. And, heck, even the passing game has definitely been stepping up. And, you know, they're going up against the Louisiana team who got a good win last week. You know, I picked against them, which – Sorry, Louisiana fans. I don't know why I thought Georgia Southern would beat y'all. But anyway, uh, obviously, going to go with Florida State. They're minus 23.5 in this game. I think that's probably perfect because Jordan Travis in, off, in this offense, they're starting to get things clicking. And after seeing what they did to a Syracuse team last week, it's going to be hard to want to pick against Florida State, especially on the spread. So give me Florida State in this game over the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And like I told you guys, now we're going to go back to the SEC as they do have some cupcake games, literally, as at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN+. Plus, We have the East Tennessee State, I don't even remember their mascot, taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs in Starkville. East Tennessee State, in case y'all don't know, is 3-7 and seven currently on the year. Mississippi State, you know, despite losing at home against Georgia last week, I mean, there's no way. There's no way they lose to East Tennessee State. I absolutely refuse to think Mike Leach, Will Rogers, and that super talented offense will be able to lose this game. So give me Mississippi State over the East Tennessee State. Uh, I think Falcons, Hawks maybe. I know it's a bird. I don't remember exact, but I think it's it's something like that. So anywho, y'all, the next game that we do have, we're going to be going down to College Station for a for a pretty entertaining matchup, and I like the spread in this game because despite you know Texas A&M playing a 1-9 UMass team, Texas A&M is favored by 33.5 points in this game, and I don't even know if Texas A&M will put up 33 points total in this game. But anyway, it's going to be at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus or SEC, Nation, or SEC Network Plus as we have the UMass Minutemen taking on the Texas A&M Aggies who are currently sit at 3-7 and are now officially out of bowl eligibility. So, you know, they lost at Auburn last week. Connor Wigman, the freshman quarterback, definitely had a ton of growing pains in that game. You know, offensive line didn't help either. He did also didn't have his safety blanket in Devon A-Chain, who was out in that game, which it, it, that's crucial enough as it is. And then also there's some late controversy with Moose Muhammad, one of Texas A&M's best wide receivers, about why he did not play in the fourth quarter due to apparently him wearing arm sleeves that the coaches did not like which they were just white arm sleeves so I don't really know the full situation I don't want to get my nose into that or anything like that but you know Texas A&M the defense didn't really play horrifyingly bad whatsoever uh, Auburn definitely was having a pretty solid day running the football with Hunter Robbie Ashford obviously Tank Bigsby they were able to really get the run game going uh, but for Texas A&M this is a game that you have to win if you lose to UMass I mean, this is that. This probably would be one of the most embarrassing losses. I mean, this already is one of the most embarrassing seasons we've seen in recent memory from a team that just had the number one ranked recruiting class of all time, mind you, of all time, over Alabama, over Georgia, over all those other big time programs. The number one in the following season, they go three and seven. Just let that sink in a little bit. So, in this game, I'm going to go Texas A&M to win, but minus 33 and a half. I just don't know if the offense will be able to put up that many points. I can't even – let's look real quick about the, when the last time Texas A&M put up that many points. Um, the last time they put up over 35 points was – oh, 
That's right. They haven't done it yet this year. So just out there for all you betting people. I know UMass, obviously, they're 1-9. They don't have a defense, but for some reason, we thought the same thing with Appalachian State when they came in. We thought Texas A&M would absolutely smoke them, and we all saw what happened there at College Station. So give me the Aggies, but I don't know about 33.5. So if you're a betting man, I, I just take Texas A&M money line. Don't. Don't fiddle around with that that spread because I feel like now that I've mentioned it, they're probably going to put up like 40 to 50 points. But looking at all the past games they had, even against Sam Houston State, who I know is a really good FCS FCS yeah FCS team, you know they still only put up 31 points and what was an offensive struggle too. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But give me the Aggies over the UMass Minute Men. Now, guys, for our next game at 11 a.m. Central Time on SEC Network, and it's not a cupcake game, actually, as we have the Florida Gators going up to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores, who are coming off an upset win against the Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington. So, Vanderbilt, they're coming off a really good game. Uh, Vandy quarterback Mike Wright had a really good game running the football and also throwing the football pretty darn well as, you know, as well. And also, Vanderbilt's defense... They absolutely contained Will Levis, I mean, that whole entire game. Chris Rodriguez was able to run the football pretty darn well, putting up over 150-plus rushing yards and two TDs. But outside of that, Vanderbilt did a pretty good job defensively. But they're going up against a Florida team who already has a ton of momentum. You know, they flipped Jaden Rashada, who was a, one of the top quarterback prospects in the 2023 class, over from Miami to Florida, mind you. And, you know, the future's looking really good with the Gators. You know, they had a huge win against South Carolina, beating them 38-6 to at home. Uh, you know, also had a good win against Texas A&M and College Station. I think that continues in this game. So give me Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators, who as of recently have definitely been gaining some momentum. So give me the Gators over the Commodores of Vanderbilt. Now, guys, for our next game that we're going to talk about, and, you know, we're kind of going to start transitioning a little bit over into our uh, – Kind of our uh, late, or not late slate of games, but our, our, our midday slate of games. But still technically an afternoon game, but anywho. At 1 p.m. Central Time on the Big 12 ESPN Plus Network thingamabobber that the Big 12 has going on, we have the 19th ranked Kansas State Wildcats taking on West Virginia. Now, West Virginia, they did beat, you know, this is kind of one of the more intriguing games to me because they did beat Oklahoma last week at home for the first time since they joined the Big 12, which was a huge win. But JT Daniels, who was supposed to be the star quarterback for the Mountaineers, you know, supposed to be a star at USC, then transferred to Georgia. Things went wrong. Kirby Smart never really talked a lot about why he benched JT Daniels, didn't really play him. But as we all saw, Stetson Bennett led them to a national championship. So he decides to transfer up to Morgantown, joining his former OC, Graham Harrell, up at there at West Virginia. And things just have not worked out this year. I mean, he's definitely struggled a ton. He would get benched in favor of, I think, I think sophomore quarterback Garrett Green, who Ran the football pretty darn well against Oklahoma when he came in and, you know, definitely showed a lot of passion that, you know, West Virginia has been needing like crazy. But now they're going up against one of the better offenses in the Big 12 in Kansas State who I think finally are realizing that Will mm, I think they're finally finally realizing that Will Howard needs to be their quarterback because of what he did against TCU, what he did against Oklahoma State, and especially what he did against Baylor last week. I think Will Howard definitely needs to be the starter going forward. So, give me the Kansas State Wildcats in this game over West Virginia. But I think this will be one of those games for Kansas State that's kind of a trap game in a way. Not a major trap game, but just one of those that, for some reason, they just somehow managed to keep it really, really close. So, anyways, y'all, the next game that we've got going on at 1.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC as we have the Boston College Eagles who are coming off a good win against NC State, an upset win, mind you. 
And now they're going up to South Bend to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who currently sit at 18. So, um, for me personally, I, I once again think it was a fluke game for Boston College. As we all know, NC State, they don't have Devin Leary, which has been a huge hit for them, mind you. I think Boston College, who has struggled against the run, I mean, majorly in this game. We saw it against Duke about a couple weeks ago. And not to mention Notre Dame, they consistently will have two running backs that will put up 100-plus rushing yards each. I think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame will have a pretty good game against the Boston College Eagles. So give me the Fighting Irish over the Eagles of Boston College. Now, guys, for our main SEC game that we do have of the week at 2:30 p.m. Central Time on CBS, we have the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs taking on the now unranked Kentucky Wildcats, who just got upset at home against the Vanderbilt Commodores. So. Obviously, in this game, we all know who's going to win. Georgia 100% should win this game. But the question is, you know, will Stetson Bennett and that offense continue to get going? Will they continue to look the way that they did against Mississippi State? Uh, you know, Stetson Bennett, he also threw two interceptions, which I think gets kind of uh, kind of put under the rug. So, I mean, realistically, Kentucky, they do have a shot because it is at home. But once again, that Georgia defense is going to be one of the toughest and probably the most tough defense Kentucky will face this entire year. And we saw how bad Will Levis has been these past few weeks, whether it was against Missouri, whether it was against Vanderbilt last week, or the week before against Tennessee. They're now going up against arguably the best defense in the SEC, and I think it's going to be an absolute slaughter. So give me the Georgia Bulldogs over the Kentucky Wildcats up there in Lexington. Now, guys, for our next game we're going to talk about, and now we're officially in our uh, midday slate of games. At 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, we have the Miami Hurricanes, who got a great win last week against Georgia Tech down in Atlanta, taking on the 10th, no, oh, not 10th-ranked Clemson. Hold on, let me look real quick. They're taking on the 9th-ranked Clemson Tigers. Sorry, I'm looking at the AP poll. So just, just for all y'all out there that might be wondering why it's not the same rankings as the college football playoff rankings, I'll take those rankings into consideration after the bowl, after not bowl, after all the conference championships and everything like that. Because for me personally, I feel like the AP poll rankings are a lot more realistic than the college football playoff rankings. I know that college football playoff rankings matter and the AP don't. But for me personally, I think it is a lot better ranking system than the college football playoffs. So, but anyway, we have the Clemson Tigers taking on the Miami Hurricanes. As we all know, Miami's defense is horrendous, mind you. Uh, they actually did step up a little bit against Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech, once again, they don't have Jeff Sims. Jameer Gibbs will transfer it out to Alabama. Um, they, they, they were playing a really weak Georgia Tech team, so I'm not going to take that win into major consideration. And the fact they're going up into Death Valley 2.0 and taking on the Clemson Tigers, who – Definitely looked a lot more solid. I mean, they were able to beat a really good Louisville team, which I know a lot of people expected Louisville to get the upset. But me personally, I, I really don't see Clemson losing that often at home. And I definitely don't see that against this Mario Cristobal-led Hurricane team this year at least. So give me DJ Ugalele and the Clemson Tigers over the Miami Hurricanes as, as Clemson, they continue to stay alive into making the ACC championship game. And weirdly enough... And I think there might be a situation where if Clemson wins out and for some reason Tennessee gets another loss or TCU and all that, we might potentially see Clemson climb all the way back up into the top four, which I hate to say it, but just knowing how the college football playoff committee is, there might be a way that we see Clemson get back up there. So hopefully not. That's not the case, but still kind of in the back of my mind that, oh, shoot, we might potentially see Clemson back up there in the top five. So, <laughs> anyways, y'all, the next game that we have, we're going to go back to the Big 12 as at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. And what I think is going to be one of the bigger trap games 
at 2.30 p.m. Central Time on FS1. We have the 18th ranked Texas Longhorns. Not 18th ranked. They're definitely not 18th now. They're unranked Texas Longhorns in the AP. Uh, not, yeah, in the AP poll. My bad. We have the now unranked Texas Longhorns who suffered a crushing loss against TCU at home in a game in which they were favored by seven points. Uh, Bijan Robinson was held to less than 30 yards rushing. Quinn Ewers looked absolutely horrendous in this game, not even throwing a touchdown pass. Threw, I think, two interceptions on the day or one. It was either one or two. And, you know, offense just can never get anything going. A lot of drops by wide receivers. Xavier Worthy struggled, especially Xavier Worthy struggled, dropping, dropping numerous passes. And now they're going up to Lawrence, Kansas, and taking on Jason Bean and the Kansas Jayhawks, who, you know, they lost against Texas Tech and Lubbock, which Lubbock is one of the hardest places to play in college football because it may not be the biggest stadium or it may not have the biggest, you know, quantity, but that is one of the loudest stadiums, and they really have a passionate fan base out there in Lubbock. So being a TCU fan, I'll give Texas Tech fans their credit, but for Kansas, they're going back up home, and the last time they played at home was against Oklahoma State, in which they utterly destroyed the Cowboys. I think it was 38-13, to 13. Um, you know, and I, and for me, realistically, I do think Texas will win this game, so for everybody out there that's kind of keeping track of my predictions, give me Texas in this game because I do not see them beating, or I don't see them losing to Kansas for two straight years in a row, but... I do think Kansas, they do have a major chance in this game because if Devin Neal can get things going, kind of similar to what he did last year when they played down at DKR, I think Kansas might legitimately have a chance. And, you know, we, I mean, but the defense, and that's the biggest thing I'm trying to remember, like, can remind myself, Texas's defense played so outstanding against one of the best offenses in the country in TCU last week. They held them to only 17 points on the day, which is really good because I don't think a team this whole year has been able to hold TCU to 17 points. So I think Texas' defense will come in clutch in this game because they'll finally be able to kind of have a slack-off game before they play Baylor down in Austin for their final game. So give me the Longhorns over the Jayhawks as much as it pains me to say. But I would not be shocked, though, if Kansas somehow they do get the upset over the Texas Longhorns up there in Lawrence and beat Texas for what would be the second straight year in a row. I mean, imagine the kind of chaos that would come with Texas losing to Kansas for the second straight year in a row. I mean, that would absolutely be just horrendous. Anyways, y'all, now the next game I want to talk about, and I think it's going to be the, my underdog of the week. At 2.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN3, we have the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers taking on the Virginia Cavaliers up in Charlottesville. Now there's a major travesty, travesty that happened in uh, Virginia, so all prayers out to the families of the, uh, the people that were lost in that shooting. But um, in this game, though, Virginia is favored by four points over the Coastal Carolina, who currently sits at 9-1. and one. Now, I know Coastal Carolina, and a major reason why they're not favored in this game is due to the fact that Grayson McCall is out with an injury, their veteran quarterback who's led them to numerous top 25 appearances. But I would be crazy if I did not pick uh, Coastal Carolina plus four in this game. I mean, dude, you've got to be kidding me. The way Brennan Armstrong and his offense has been playing under Tony Elliott has been horrendous. I mean, for heaven's sakes, Brendan Armstrong had two pick sixes in two plays to start the game against Pitt last week. I mean, you've got to go with Coastal Carolina in this game. So give me the chance to clears to be able to cover the spread in this game against the Virginia Cavaliers. Because I think also with this travesty too, that team is just so just down right now that I don't think there's any way for them to come back. And I think Coastal Carolina, they should be able to get the win on the road against a ACC opponent. So give me the, give me the chance to clears over the Virginia uh, Cavaliers. So... Anyways, y'all, the next game that we're going to be talking about is now we're going to be getting into our late slate of games. 
But um, the first one that we're going to talk about at 4.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2, we have the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets taking on against Heisman hopeful quarterback and freshman quarterback Drake May and the now, uh, let's see, and the now 13th ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Now, North Carolina had a huge statement win against Wake Forest on the road last week. A lot of people had <clears throat> a lot of people had uh, Wake no, yeah Wake Forest winning that game. Myself included. I thought that easily, you know, Wake Forest would have a major chance in that game. But I went with Drake May in that North Carolina offense because they're just unstoppable. And also the fact that Drake May is starting to get a real good connection with Josh Downs, who is one of the more underrated wide receivers in all of college football. I think this should be a blowout, especially at home up there in Chapel Hill. So give me Drake May and the Tar Heels over the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. Now, guys, for our next game at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time on ESPN, we have the fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers who are coming off a great win against Missouri in which they put up 66 points, taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks who got absolutely tore up down in the swamp last week against Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators. So, I think a lot's going to continue to be the same. I know it's a whole different atmosphere up there at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia. But once again, I think Hendon Hooker and this offense, they're pissed off from the Georgia game. You know, they, they were contained to literally no passing touchdowns on the day. Jalen Hyatt was also able to get things going against Missouri. And I don't think the South Carolina defense is going to be able to handle this Tennessee offense. So give me the volunteers over the South Carolina Gamecocks in this game. So, mm. Anyways, y'all, the next game I want to talk about at 6 p.m. Central Time and what will probably be on FS1. They don't have the official channel yet, but I think it'll be on FS1. We have the Texas Tech Red Raiders who are coming off a great win against the Kansas Jayhawks at home, traveling up to Ames, Iowa, to take on the Iowa State Cyclones, who currently sit at 4-6, and six, but had a really close game up, or not up, down at Boone Pickens Stadium against Oklahoma State last week. Now, the biggest thing, and I think everybody knows this with Iowa State, they have an amazing defense, right? They have easily, in my opinion, probably the best defense in the Big 12, easily, by far. But the problem is the offense. The offense, which is very similar to how Iowa's is and still is. I know Iowa had a great game against Purdue, but, you know, they cannot get points on the board. And a lot of that has to be due with quarterback play because Decker is the sophomore quarterback for Iowa State. He struggled heavily this year, and he has weapons around him. I mean, I know they lost all three of their starting tight ends. They lost Brees Hall. They lost Brock Purdy. All of them went to the NFL, but they still have Xavier Hutchinson, Jalen Noel, who are two great wide receivers. But this Iowa State offense continues to struggle, and now they're going up against a Texas Tech team who is so inconsistent. I swear to God, they are so inconsistent because one week they're so good, but on the road, they're horrendous, right? Like, for example, their last game, you know, at home against Kansas, in which I had Kansas winning this game because I felt, okay, you know, this might be a game I think Devin Noel or Devin Neal will have an absolute just fun fest against this Texas Tech defense. It was not the case whatsoever. They held Kansas to only 28 points on the day, which is good for this Texas Tech defense. But also at the same time, Texas Tech, they might get caught slacking looking to next week in which they play Oklahoma at home to wrap up the year. But, um, you know, for me personally in this game, I like Texas Tech. The biggest thing is they needed to run the ball more, in which they that's exactly what they did because, once again, they don't have Baron Morton, who's out with the injury. So they had so they had former Oregon quarterback Tyler Shug, who's starting now, and they're finally running the football more. I think they're going to be a lot more consistent. So give me the Texas Tech Red Raiders to get the upset on the road against Iowa State because, once again, Texas Tech will put up points, but can Iowa State also match that total? Because Texas Tech, as we all know, they don't have that great of a defense. But if Iowa State cannot match the points that, that Texas Tech will nine times out of ten be able to put up on you, 
This is Texas Tech's game to lose. So give me the Red Raiders over the Cyclones of Iowa State. And also, I'm kind of still salty from last week when Iowa State choked a game that they should have easily won against Oklahoma State. So... Anyways, y'all, the next game that we have, we're going to go back to the SEC as at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. We have the now uh, Ole Miss. They drop to the 14th-ranked Ole Miss Rebels taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks, who had a really close-knit game against LSU, who currently is sitting in the top 10. So not a bad defensive game by Arkansas by any means. You know, they didn't have K.J. Jefferson last week, who was injured. So they had a lot of trouble at quarterback. Malik Hornsby was just just was not working whatsoever. They went to their backups backup. That didn't really work out as great. Raheem Sanders, a.k.a. Rocket Sanders, he was pretty much contained to almost dang near nothing. But it also doesn't help either when LSU's defense has their true freshman edge rusher, Harold Perkins, get four sacks on you on the day to add on top of that eight tackles as well. So just a really dominant day for LSU's defense. But I think Arkansas's defense has stepped up a ton. And for Ole Miss, they have one of their best running backs in all of college football right now, Quinshawn Judkins, who is a true freshman that is going to absolutely light up the college football world for years to come. He's probably going to be a, either a first or second team All-American this year. I mean, he's put up ridiculous numbers. He's the first freshman running back in the SEC to put up 15 rushing touchdowns since Nick Chubb in his freshman year at Georgia. So he's in some pretty good company. And, well, in this game, I think Ole Miss – they should have no issues against Arkansas. Now, I say that, but Arkansas, their linebacking core with Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders, the former Alabama linebacker, are pretty good defense. But I just think with how diverse this whole offense is, they've got Jonathan Mingo at the wide receiver. You've got Jackson Dart, who also is a really good mobile quarterback, also with a really great arm. And then also that that incredible running back room they have with Zach Evans, former TCU running back. And then, like I just talked about, the soon-to-be All-American running back, a freshman running back, mind you, in Quinshawn Judkins. So in this game, I'm going to have to go with Ole Miss. It's hard for me to want to pick Arkansas. I know it's up in Fayetteville, but just seeing how poor that offense is, we don't even know if K.J. Jefferson will be 100% in this game either. So I'm definitely going to have to go with Ole Miss. So give me the Rebs over the Pigs of Arkansas. Now, guys, we have two big-time rivalry games, and we're going to talk about them back-to-back. -back. But the first one I want to talk about is going to be one of the biggest rivalries in all of college football, the Bedlam rivalry at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. We have the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who still do not have their starting quarterback, Spencer Sanders. So take that into effect into this game. They're going up to Norman to take on Dylan Gabriel and the Oklahoma Sooners, who are coming off a really disappointing loss up in Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, a bright spot for Oklahoma in that game was the fact that their running back, Eric Gray, went for over 200 yards rushing, so there was at least that. But the defense, which did not play incredibly bad, but they could not contain Garrett Green and the run game for West Virginia. And we all know Oklahoma State, they're going to have to run the ball in this game because you don't have, you, you're dealing with two really young quarterbacks, Gunnar Gundy, and then I forgot the other, the other kid's name, but in this game, personally, as much as I know people are going to want Oklahoma State and they might think Oklahoma State will win this game because Oklahoma State, they got back to the top 25. They're at 24 right now. Um, I know Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, they've been struggling. I'm going to continue to go with the Sooners because I personally think that offense is just a ticking time bomb and they're waiting for the right time to strike. You know, Oklahoma State's defense, they stepped up major last week against Iowa State, only allowing 14 points. But at the same time, Iowa State has one of the worst offenses in the Big 12, let alone the country. So now they're going up against the offense, which would be able to run the ball pretty darn well. And also when Dylan Gabriel gets going, Dylan Gabriel does get going. So I'm going to take the Sooners over the Cowboys. As much as, as much as I do not want to pick Oklahoma in this game, I just do not see Oklahoma State winning this game, especially with it being up in Norman. So 
Give me the Oklahoma Sooners over the Oklahoma State Cowboys. As I know, definitely Oklahoma, they're going to want revenge from last year in Stillwater. And which, after that game, it seemed like everything crumbled for Oklahoma. You know, Lincoln Riley went to USC. Caleb Williams went to USC. A ton of players followed Lincoln Riley. A lot of them transferred out. I mean, they're definitely going to want revenge against their in-state rival, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, for the second game that I was going to talk about at 7 p.m. Central Time and what will probably be on Fox, I want to say, uh, we have the now 7th-ranked USC Trojans taking on the where did UCL fall, UCLA fall, the 16th-ranked UCLA Bruins. Now, UCLA, they're coming off a disappointing loss to Arizona in a game that I don't even think Arizona should have even been able to compete in. But Arizona, they were able to throw the football pretty darn well, is running the football pretty well. Uh, for UCLA, a few bright spots they had on offense was Zach Charbonnet, who continues to be probably the best running back in all of the Pac-12. And on the flip side for USC, really dominant win in the second half, especially against the Colorado Buffaloes, in which Caleb Williams had yet another great game. I still think he's going to be a good contender for the Heisman Trophy. Um, They've got Mario Williams coming back in this game. they got Jordan Addison back. The offense is going to be pretty much healthy. But the only big thing is they will not have their senior running back, Travis Dye, who unfortunately is going to be out for the rest of the year with a leg injury. So that will be a knock to some of their offensive production. But overall in this game, I think USC, they have no reason to lose this game against UCLA. All the momentum is going to USC. I know it's going to be played in Pasadena. It's going to be at the Rose Bowl. But I just think personally, USC, that offense is going to be too much for this UCLA defense, which has struggled heavily against the past game. And as we all know, USC, they're one of the best passing teams in the Pac-12. So give me Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans over Dorian Thompson Robinson and the UCLA Bruins in the Battle of Los Angeles. Now, guys, for our next game that we're going to be talking about at 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN2, we have the UAB Blazers taking on the sixth-ranked LSU Tigers. And once again, this isn't going to be – it's going to be one of those kind of cupcake games where LSU, they should win by a mile. Jaden Daniels will probably have at least four to five touchdowns on the day, um, especially after a really disappointing game against Arkansas offensively in which they just could not get anything going, especially in the run game, which has started to become kind of more of LSU's bread and butter once again. Uh, no struggles, I think, in this game for LSU. So give me the Tigers over the UAB Blazers. The next game that we have at 8 p.m. Central Time on the Pac-12 Network, we have the now 15th-ranked Washington Huskies who are still in it for the Pac-12 championship after a huge upset win against Oregon in Eugene as they'll be taking on the Colorado Buffaloes who currently sit at 1-9. and nine. Now this game will be played up in Husky Stadium too, mind you. So I think Michael Penix Jr. is going to have a field day and I know I say that for a lot of quarterbacks but I think seriously Michael Penix Jr. will absolutely be able to throw the ball just absurdly good against the Colorado Buffaloes so give me Washington over the Buffaloes of Colorado now guys the final game that we will talk about and one of the biggest Pac-12 matchups probably in of this year because it has huge implications for the Pac-12 championship and also kind of some playoff implications as well as at 9:30 p.m. central time on ESPN we have the now uh where's Utah at? we have the 10th ranked Utah Utes going up to Autzen Stadium to take on the now uh 12th ranked Oregon Ducks now for Oregon Disappointing loss at home against Washington, a game that they easily could have won. You know, failed fourth down conversion that would lead to the Washington game-winning field goal. 
Michael Penix Jr. had an absolute field day against Oregon's defense, was able to throw the football pretty dang well, especially to Jalen McMillan. Jalen McMillan, I keep mispronouncing his name. I do not know why. But anyway, and then on the flip side for Utah, one of the more underrated teams, they've been on a consistent tear, you know, especially after, you know, losing against UCLA, obviously week one, losing down in the swamp. They've been a really good, consistent team. Cameron Rising has done really well for the Utah Utes. And also on top of that, the defense is really stout too. I, call me crazy. I'm telling you, you can call me crazy all you want. I know Bo Nix played pretty good against Washington last week, in which Washington, they do have a pretty stout defense, one of the top ones in the, in the Pac-12, but... As much as my heart wants me to go with Oregon, I'm going to go with Utah to get another upset up in Oregon. I mean, I, I mean, seriously, it's hard for me to want to go against Utah in this game. I think that they're a very, in my opinion, very more well-rounded team. And that's nothing against Oregon because I think Bo Nix will probably have a great game. But when it comes down to those final minutes and final little seconds that are going to matter the most, I think Utah, they'll capitalize on that probably more than Oregon. So give me Utah in this game, but I think it'll be most definitely a very close game, probably another kind of shootout game, so to speak. Now, anyway, guys, that wraps up all of our action, all of the games, all of the big-time games we have going on for Week 12 of the 2022 college football season. So, you know, in the comments, whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, wherever, or if you're listening, just tell me in your head right now, kind of like a little connection we've got going on. Let me know what y'all's favorite game is going to be this weekend. For me personally, it's going to be my TCU of uh, Horn Frogs going down to Baylor and what I think is going to be one of the more underrated matchups of the weekend. But for y'all, we've got a lot of good ones. we got Ole Miss and Arkansas, like we just talked about, Utah and Oregon. We've got Battle of L.A. with USC and UCLA. I mean, and then obviously Bedlam, which is going to have huge implications for, you know, just especially recruiting-wise in the state of Oklahoma. we got OSU against Oklahoma, so. Anyways, anyways, y'all, thank y'all so much for listening to today's uh, episode. And also make sure to check out, which will be posted earlier today at 12 p.m. Central Time, NFL Week 11 preview episode in which we go in full detail about all the upcoming games for the NFL weekend. So, guys, thank y'all so much once again. Seriously, make sure to like, comment, share, rate, do whatever you can to make sure we continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast to everybody so that they can also be stayed up to date with college football and NFL news. And also, guys, real quick, just one final thing. Please make sure that you check out Anchor.fm's monthly supporter program. Literally just click on the profile here on the Cover 7 podcast. Got to go to anchor.fm.net or I don't know how all those links work, but just check it out. It's only $4.99 a month. It's like a subscription to your favorite YouTuber, streamer, whatever. It helps me financially better the quality of the podcast for you beautiful people as well, and it truly means the world to me. It also just lets me know that y'all really do support the podcast. So anyways, y'all, it's not recommended, not required, anything like that. It just truly would help me out. But um, anyways, y'all, thank y'all so much for listening once again. I definitely look forward to watching all these amazing matchups this weekend, and I will catch y'all back here on Sunday for a recap of college football week 12. So see y'all then and have an amazing rest of y'all's weekend.